ho, 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 ho. Two wizards. Yeah, did a little shopping today. It wasn't a wasn't a huge one, but we got our we got our Christmas ham. Oh, nice! And which, yeah, I, I like the last couple of years. I, I think I had mentioned this. The last couple of years, I was trying to do like a like a life hack mm-hmm. and be like, no, like for Thanksgiving when everyone's going after turkeys, like get something different for Thanksgiving, and then the day after Thanksgiving when the supermarket's trying to get rid of all these extra turkeys. And they put ridiculous sale prices on them. That's when you buy your turkey. And then you use that for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like uh, jujitsu your way around uh, that. But but then, like, we did that for a couple of years. And, and then I realized, like, no, damn it. I, I, I like Thanksgiving turkey and I like Christmas ham. And instead yeah. of, like, trying to save a couple bucks here or there, just, just own the fact that, yeah. <laughs> Turkey, Thanksgiving, ham, Christmas. And that's it. Hell yeah. I made a ham mm-hmm. just for funsies because I made turkey for Thanksgiving. And Amanda's like, I hate ham. and I'm, Or I hate turkey. I want ham. And I was like, yes, but I hate ham. I don't hate ham. I just hate ham, you know. Yeah. When, when <laughs> yeah. given the choice between turkey gotcha. and ham, I'm like, uh, turkey mm-hmm. every time. But for, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for Christmas, I have a uh, six-pound prime rib roast that I'm going to do up. So. Oh, man. Yeah, we. that's a good one, too. And you know the beauty of See, it? I didn't pay for it. Kroger <laughs> paid for it. So. No, that's not. <laughs> so, like, that, yeah, that is, that, that is also one of the really cool times of this. Of It's one of the really cool parts of this time of year. Because it is. You just, you just lean in, you just lean hard into the whole, I'm going to make this amazing, like, decadent feast and who cares if it's just me and my significant other? Like, just for the two of us, I'm going to make so much damn food. Oh, hell yeah. And then, oh, it's so great. That's, so yeah, that's great. like so much of it. Yeah. 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 And, and it is. like, I, And I know this is way removed from when people actually had food scarcity and had to, like, carefully ration stuff. Be like, okay, but now the harvest is in. Everything's settled. Now we can, like, really kind of cut cut back and... Um, no, what am I even saying? Cut loose and just make just make up a whole bunch of food and all that. And, yeah, and it's, it's gonna go bad if we now. don't eat it. We gotta we gotta get down. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm glad that even if like the circumstances that first kind of made that arise have changed, because instead of yeah slaving away for a whole year and then yeah. like all right this is all the food I get, it's just like oh I'll just pop over to whatever, <laughs> get more ham, <laughs> more ham. More I, ham. I'm full for my Christmas ham, but I still need to eat. Thank God McDonald's <laughs> is open on Christmas Day. Yeah. Ba 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 Nothing means anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh shit. <laughs> it's it's funny because it's true. <laughs> yeah, it is. But that's what we do. We we yeah. seek the truth, Josh, because yes, we're we two wizards and we seek truth. Because we. We are two wizards. We seek truth, and we and we share it with everybody. And 
only sometimes the really gnarly truths we hide, but otherwise, like we're open books and we, if our minds are blown, you get to experience that right along with us. So yeah. uh, yes, hello and welcome everybody to the Two Wizards Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm a wizard. Yeah, welcome. I'm Mark and I'm also a wizard. Welcome to our Wizards Tower. Yeah, it's been it's been really nice. It's been really nice just to, you know, get um, shut up here nice and cozy, toasty warm, get the fire going. Get uh, get our um, get our n- next little um, adventures, our, our next little things to explore and discover in our uh, wizard's goblets. And actually, Mark, we're we're heading now into the uh, second half, the second half of the twelve drinks of Christmas. I know. And um, yeah, and the first half was, was really good, and I'm I'm looking forward to the the, the second half. But I'm also maybe uh, uh, especially looking forward to it this time around because. I, I don't know if this is a first, but it's definitely like a break from our 12 drinks where we have a couple of warm, we have a couple like heated up uh, warm beverages to, to sample in our 12, 12 drinks of Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, so, uh, so, so let's see here. It, not that we have to keep going, uh, even Steven, you, then me, then you, then me. But I, I believe you're up first or, or if you want to defer to me to kind of say what we have going on here. Cause we also did some coordinating. Yeah, right, um, right, right. And, uh, and, and and yeah, we can kind of talk about what we have with us. I'll just do the one difference that I have, and then we can just... Oh, okay. You give your difference, I'll give my difference, and then we'll just talk about the other two. In keeping with tradition, we've got um, two cocktails. I guess you call them... I don't even... They're not cocktails, right? I don't know what you call that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know. I, I guess a cocktail or... or a, uh, I think you called them potables drink? last week with, like, the table. Yeah, and maybe I think some we'll potables. We'll stick with that because yeah, yeah, you can yeah. definitely drink them. <laughs> yeah, so two potables, and then I'm drinking. I wanted to get this different tonight in, in honor of tonight's episode, but it didn't quite work out. I wanted to get beer from Texas because that's where episode mm. takes place, and I couldn't. Oh. So I am going with an old good standby Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Pabst Blue uh-huh. Ribbon, it's there good enough go. for me. It's good enough for you. It's been selected as America's best in 1893. That's only what a hundred, two hundred and forty <laughs> years ago. So we're good. we're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah, exactly. 140 years exactly. ago. Yeah, whatever. Not perfect. Um, yeah. So how about you? Yeah, what, the, what do you have as a beer, buddy? I, I so what beer, I have? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also have a have a beer with me. And um, yeah, I uh, I kind of went with this is this is a much bigger thing here in the Midwest. I, I didn't learn about it until I actually came out here, um, and and it's not. I don't think it's quite to the level of, shall we say, accessibility that PBR is. Okay. But it also kind of has a reputation of be like, oh yeah, this is just the, this is just the cheap stuff that you drink, or like the like marginally semi cheap stuff. Uh, and I have a Yingling. Oh, okay. Um, which uh, also kind of threw me for a loop because it's spelled Y U E N G, L, I N G. I think I got that right. Yeah, it looks like young, um, so, right? If you miss yeah, young, yeah, or like a weird, yeah, yeah. It looks like youngling or youngling, but no, it's definitely yingling. And uh, boy, was there a little bit of egg on my face when I first ordered that. Be like, yeah. oh, I'll, I believe I'll try one of your youngling beers, please. <laughs> and then the waitress was like, "Look, hon, I know you're not from around here, so I'll just." <laughs> I'll give you a little heads up. I was like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> and, and and yeah, like it's not so. Yeah, it's it's maybe not quite the same tier as like a PBR or like a Coors Light or something like that. But it is. It's just easy, clean, good good drinking. Um, and so yeah, that, that's what I that's what I have. 
Okay. Uh, well, and then and, and then what if we do this? What if we kind of trade off on our kind of specialty here? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, do it up. Yeah. So one of the specialty drinks that we also have with us tonight is, um, and this is this is one that I I have not tried before, so I'm excited to try this. And this is um, this is a recipe that I got from watching Food Wishes with Chef John, one of my favorite uh, kind of YouTube channels there. Um, and he recently had a recipe for hot buttered rum. And he said that um, this is his kind of holiday drink. He's like, people are always going off on eggnog. And sure enough, that's how we started the yeah. 12 drinks of Christmas. But he said this is his um, kind of festive wintry drink. And basically what you do is like you just kind of mix butter and sugar and holiday spices together. You just kind of mash it all up and add some rum and pour some hot water over it and you kind of mix it up it's like sort of like a hot toddy i guess but with at like like literal butter uh in it so i'm I, i'm excited i'm excited i i haven't i haven't tasted it but it's sitting here in one of my chalices nice and nice and steamy and uh yeah we'll see we'll see how that goes yeah 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 and i don't know about yours but mine looks like poo water but mine yeah unfortunately does kind of have a bit of a gray brown um, time to call the plumber sort of <laughs> which lest we forget this, this marks one of my favorite Christmas tra traditions of watching uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and there's the famous Uncle Eddie line shitter was full and I yeah if this is good so this we're, is we're gonna, honor, we're, gonna yeah. we're gonna tweak it I'm gonna call it an Uncle Eddie or something I don't know <laughs> Oh, I love it. Okay, no, I can I can get behind that. I can get behind that. So perfect. To transition to the last one is this is a drink that I'm much more familiar with, but this is to my understanding is going to be a first time for Mark. So I guess I'll kind of let him describe what we have uh, for our third drink with us this time around. Yeah. So we have uh, something called Glow Wine. Am I saying that right? Glue, glow. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the sort of translation, glow, glow wine. But yeah. in my approximation of German, because I love fake, because uh, I love uh, fake speaking other languages. <laughs> I think it's Glühwein. Glühwein, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Glühwein. But yeah, like it literally just means glow wine. Which it, it makes you glow, like. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of right. I've had this with you and the Mrs. Wizard. I, you remember a couple oh, episodes yeah. ago. We talked about singing That's... Christmas carols in the snow, and that was that, uh, right. that was Gluevine's fault. But it is my first time making it. <laughs> oh, oh, well, okay, perfect. And perfect. I tested. A, I haven't tried it yet, but I tested a cup on. A, I guess it was a willing participant, and she said it was fine. So there we go. Yeah, I've got yeah, it sitting here in my Green Bay Packers wine glass, and I'm ready to get after it. Yeah, ready. And so, like, what since since this was your first time actually making some, just kind of briefly, what all goes into making this uh this uh beverage okay so it's um you take an orange you split it in half stick cloves inside that orange set that aside you boil a cup of water with a cup of sugar and then add a stick of cinnamon uh put the orange peels in there with the juice or juice the oranges in there whatever uh get that good and sticky the recipe i said or read said simmer for half an hour and that's what i did kind of finally thickened up about half an hour in. yeah like mine took me a while i maybe we should have wow, compared that's... notes on ours but and then I well, just or, dumped it into a and then I just put that with the wine or you know put the wine in a saucepan and added mm -hmm. my syrup goo, my goo yep. wine and uh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we're I, at. Yeah, mine mine was I guess almost inverted. Like it was it was very it was a very sort of slow process or no, it was a very quick process with making the kind of simple syrup 
and orange and spices, but then a longer simmer with the wine. So yeah, I guess we'll have to we'll have to compare notes. Well, I um, did simmer mine while I made my um, hot buttered rum batter. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I figured I'd make well, that yeah, first, I'm... let that simmer. I could keep an eye on it and kind of give it a turn if I right. needed to, and then mm-hmm. prep that other stuff. So yeah, we'll see. How do you want to do this? Which one do you want to do first? Man, I guess hot buttered rum, that... right? Because it's like the it should yeah. be the hottest, right? Yeah, I think I believe this should be the hottest. And yeah. uh, if this one, because th- this is the more, th- this is the most untested of the three, so we can bottoms it up if if we have to. But yeah, we'll just kind of, and and I kind of have my little spoon here because that was one thing recommended too. If it it can kind of uh, differentiate into layers and also look kind of gross. But all right, well, well, here we go. Hot right, buttered yeah. rum. Hot buttered rum. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. It's like, I don't know, butterscotch cinnamon, kind of? Yeah, that's a good... I, I actually, through no fault of Chef John, I think I added a little too much water. I Mine's think I did watery. too. I, I'm real yeah. watered down. But uh, but no, this is, this is... And I'm a fan of butterscotch. I know sometimes people like to hate on it because it's like, oh, what are you, someone's grandma? But I like <laughs> butterscotch, so... Um, I don't dislike it. I just don't seek that mm-hmm. flavor out often, I guess. Well, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's a fair point, too, where, ooh, I just had a, that's weird, I, I just had another sip, and I totally, like, got Dr. Pepper vibes. Really? That's weird. That was really weird. <laughs> kind of rum did mm, you interesting. use? Um, uh, it just, just Captain Morgan. Oh, did I, I, you, I just used Kraken, I was just curious. Which, that, that would have been, yeah, I do love me some Kraken. Um, but yeah, we just, we just got a couple little, um, couple little things of, uh. Little little shooters of uh, Captain Morgan there, because oh, nice. because nice. this is the other thing, I'm not complaining at all, but <laughs> undertaking this uh, twelve drinks of Christmas challenge, it's like wow, I'm actually like kind of building up a proper liquor cabinet again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So like, I have all this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I have vanilla vodka and creme de menthe, and I bet I'll have that until I die. So yeah, until yeah, or until I get real horned up for it and just like get real shitty on tables. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, so really quick, you want to like while it's hot, you want to take a uh, sip of the glue wine too? See how that is. Oh yes, no, yeah. that, that, that that's that. a very good that's a very good idea too. All right, cheers. Just while it's hot, yeah, cheers. Oh, that's so good. Huh, mine is overwhelmingly just red wine. Oh yeah. Yeah. What kind of wine mm. do you use? So the way that it was taught to me. AKA the way that I read a recipe on the internet. Um, <laughs> oh yes, the recipe from the old country. <laughs> yeah, from the old country. Uh, oh, over there in Google, um, Googledorf. Oh yeah, Googledorfin. Um, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's lovely in the springtime. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I was. It was always kind of impressed to me. Like you just get the cheapest red wine because it doesn't really matter because you're adding sugar and orange and right, spices right, right. afterwards so i i don't even remember what box this came out of but this was definitely just some kind oh, of damn, box oh damn you did a box okay yeah i did a bottle of a uh, yellowtail red oh i know interesting. i okay. know dick about wine so i i know a little bit but a lot and the little that i do know is that most of wine stuff is just kind of marketing and labels and which is what i'm also pretending heard. to know yeah, which is yeah, like people just pretending to know more than 
actually matters. But it's basically just like find something you like and then stick with that. Don't don't be don't let some um, yeah some some jerk from some France like try and boss you around about like oh really that is what you are drinking with disease. Just like nah, screw you, Pierre. Um, I like this. Get it, buddy. And yeah, <laughs> it came from a box. Well, it? <laughs> yeah, it came because you know like. Uh, not to not to derail us before we even like get started on our topic, but that is something that does, yeah, that does kind of horn me up. That does kind of get my goat, if you will. Oh yeah. Like the whole like being like, oh well, no, you're supposed to eat it like this, or really, you're gonna pair that with that. It's like, damn it, if if this is what I like and this is what works for me, and sure, like try different things, like try different combinations every once in a while. But if you have your comfort food, if you have your soul food, if you will. Um, whatever nourishes you, body and spirit, then yeah. yeah, don't let anybody take that away from you. Whatever feeds your soul, yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Here, here, another, here, here. Another sip of the glue vine. See how this makes another me feel. sip of the glue vine for that. Yeah, it just tastes like red wine, like tepid hmm. red wine, because it has now cooled off quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. That, I mean, whatever. I don't know. That is kind of the other thing. But yeah, but, no, but, but like, I think that even. We just discovered now you and I had two very different methods of doing it. So maybe I ought yeah. to try your way and see what happens. Well, and, I guess and back I am, to the I'm liquor also, store. Oh, no. Oh, oh drat. Ah, oh, jeez. It's only the seventh time this month. I am getting weird <laughs> looks. Like, thankfully, I had the yeah. break last week when I was in Springs. But, like, mm-hmm. this week was, like, a <laughs> bottle of Kraken, a bottle of red wine. <laughs> It's so good. It's like, don't judge me. I'm a wizard. Yeah, fucking A. I am a wizard. <laughs> also, I'm proud of us. I think that was our first fuck of the episode at like 18 minutes in. So that was good. Yeah, that is. I, I, I'm trying to be more mindful of that. Not that I'm going to uh, omit all of my fucks. But oh, yeah. Again, like being more being more intentional about it. Being more intentional well, it's getting closer to Christmas. We got to be good. Santa's watching us. Santa's watching, exactly, exactly. And, you know, to... yeah, you know, so you gotta, <laughs> you gotta be good. <laughs> oh, yes. So what do you think? Why do you want to get into this? Because let's, let's do it. I am and... so excited for this. And yeah, oh, this yeah, is yeah. this is my Christmas present to me. <laughs> yeah, dang and it. And I guess by proxy, you too. I don't know if you'll mm-hmm. enjoy it as much as I will, but I certainly hope the listeners do. And I'm excited for it because. As I understand, you don't have much, I guess, experience, knowledge, versatility, whatever you want to call it, in this region. I want to talk about aliens, Josh. Awesome. I love it. And I don't I mean the it. ones and, yeah. coming here taking our jobs. I mean the ones coming from <laughs> space and taking our cattle. Yeah, true. This is also true. Uh, well, yeah, and you, you are right. Like I kind of know the sort of rough outline. I kind of know... Like your grays and whatever, but but yeah, like other than that, this is this is not necessarily an area um, to which I've devoted a lot of study. So I'm excited to learn. Hell yeah, and I am a nerd for this, so I am just so excited. And 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 I also, Josh, before we do this, I want to say, I, I I know that we usually go into these things kind of knowing they're not real. Like we we talked last week about the um, you know, the World Tree Greek goblins, the Kalkinsaros, yeah. and the. And the Yule Lads and, you know, stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And I know we go into these things kind of assuming they're not real. But just for tonight, 
I want you to remember what it was like to be six years old and believe in Santa Claus and take that belief in Santa Claus and put that belief <laughs> into the belief in aliens. I want you to assume that everything I tell you tonight I can, is true. Yeah. Because enough, to a certain degree, it is very, very true. Yeah. 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 So, with with enough uh, hot buttered rum and glue vine, I, I'm... I'm willing to believe. Hot shit. I hope you pre-drank. <laughs> I texted you a couple times to pre-drink. I, I, I hope you did. Oh, I miss... Well, I was telling you that my phone was kind of acting up, so Well, I mean, like, I I mean, like throughout ones, the week, I was, like, sending you, like, mental projections, like, Josh, you'll drink a beer at this oh. time on Sunday, and you're like, ah, I will! <laughs> I just... Well, I, did, I, I, I believe I in this, but I... Okay, so, like, presenting butt sex to the girlfriend, I'm ready for it, but I need you to be ready for it, and part of being ready for it might just be slightly liquored up. I am uh, dual-wielding hot butter drum and glue vine, so... I am, um, too. Yeah. Also, this might get weird. Like, it might hit the hour mark, and we'll just be trashed and have to scrap <laughs> it and, like, do a two-party. But that's cool, too, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's also fine. That's fine. No, perfect. All right, so so set the scene for me. Where are we? When are we? What's okay. going on? All, All right. Good stuff. The when we are is December the 28th, the year of our Lord, 1980. Where we are is in uh, Texas. Where the stars at night are big and bright. There you go. Where the stars at night are big and bright. <laughs> Um, we are a little bit south of Houston in a little town called Dayton, Texas, which I wicked or which I Googled today and as of two thousand ten had seven thousand residents. So not much oh, has okay. happened there now or since. Hmm. But so all right, here we are. It is a uh, it's a it's a balmy forty two degrees, I'm assuming, based off I even checked into this because it does have a bearing on some of this stuff. The uh, mm. max temperature that day was a high of 64.9 degrees, the low is 36, so I'm assuming at 8.30 at night, it's about 42 degrees. It had been raining. Yeah? yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, Betty Cash and Vicky Landrum are driving in the sun, or, or oh my god, let me try it again. <clears throat> Already, Josh, the glue vine, I'm yeah. blame it. Yeah. Um, I love you, Thelma. I love you, Louise. And then they drive uh, into the sun. Yeah. <laughs> or the equally awesome Wayne's World. To the end, Garth. To the end, Wayne. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Which is how we need to like organically stuff that into this podcast and put that as our end credits. But <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> yeah. So figure um, we're about um, we're about thirty-five miles. From Houston, mm-hmm. and um, Betty Cash, Vicky Landrum, and Colby Landrum are in a car, and they are driving home. Apparently, and this was in every report that I looked into on this because I checked a couple sources. They were trying to play bingo, and there was no bingo because it was a Monday night. And I guess you can't play bingo on a Monday night. <laughs> These people drove for a couple hours in their two-door Oldsmobile Cutlass, which will also become very important. Just looking for a bingo game, and they couldn't find it. So about eight thirty at night, they decide to head home back to um, Dayton, Texas. And to get there, they have to travel through the the southern tip of the uh, piney forest. So they're driving. It's a it's a regular December night in Texas, and all of a sudden there is this overwhelming bright light in the sky. And hovering above the so the. So figure it's a it's like you know you you know you know forest roads Josh they're they're oh, they're, yeah. they're narrow one lane roads right 
So hovering hmm. above this one lane road, according to the according to Vicky Landrum, at about thirty, about one hundred and thirty feet in the air, is a giant diamond, and it's hovering above the trees, and it's shooting fire from the bottom or out of its like if it's a diamond, it's shooting fire out the ass yeah. of the diamond. And I even <laughs> yeah, wrote yeah, yeah. in my script a uh, fart joke question mark. They're in Texas. <laughs> Insert it here. Ha ha ha. Yeah. So obviously, oh, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Oh, it was just yeah. That uh, chili con carne, it can really can really do a number on you. If you're not used to uh, Tex-Mex. <laughs> Muy caliente. <laughs> so um, obviously, you know, Betty slams on the brakes. Betty's driving. Probably should have said that. Whatever. It's her car. It's her Oldsmobile Cutlass, two seater. Okay. It becomes important mm-hmm. later, like I said. So she slams on the brakes. And they watch this thing floating above them, and they both get out of the car. And remember, little seven-year-old Colby is in the back seat, and he is very obviously flipping shit because he's seven and doesn't know what this giant floating diamond is in the sky. <laughs> right, yeah. And so, here's my favorite line of the whole story. Vicky Landrum turns to him and says, Don't worry, baby. That's Jesus. He won't hurt you. Aww. Now... Remember, this is 1980s Texas. Vicky is a born-again Christian. She does not believe in aliens. She doesn't think any of that shit's real. But holy shit, there's a giant floating right. light in the sky. Oh, no, it's Jesus. It's, so she took it as the second coming of Christ. Right. Um, <laughs> which, and that's weird, too, because, like, I can't well, make it, fun of this woman for her belief in Christ versus my belief that this story is alien. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. It's yeah, literally yeah, yeah. two well, concepts that are not proven or anything else, but it's like, ah, uh, mm-hmm. my fake shit's realer than your fake shit. Uh. Yeah. Well, and I also think it, it it's worth noting that since this was 1980, like, there had been only, what, had had Empire Strikes Back come out yet? Uh, is that 78? Or 83 was uh, Empire, 77 was A New Hope. Yeah, so... Yeah. And and who knows? Maybe they hadn't even seen that. So like, like versus us now being inundated with popular images of space and aliens and um, um, interstellar uh, starships and and things like that. So no, like you see you, you see a diamond that's that's giving off all this light. Of, of course, yeah. Like you don't have that to drop on. So what else could it be but Jesus? Yeah, exactly. Well. And you bring up a, you kind of bring up a fun note. You know the theory about that, right? Um, so like, uh, I, you kind of, I guess that's dumb. Sorry, I said it like an idiot. So what you were saying with right now we're flooded with all these like images in popular culture. There's the conspiracy theory that like big directors, producers in Hollywood, mostly Steven Spielberg, have been very slowly disseminating the image of aliens for the last like 60, 70 years. <laughs> And so, it, well, and you laugh, but, like, it started with E.T., yeah. and then it hit Close Encounters mm-hmm. of the Third Kind. And the idea was, because we, it, like, going back in the alien stuff, like, we first became, we first came in contact with them during World War II, allegedly, whatever, all this good stuff. And then Roswell mm-hmm. happened in the 50s, and from that, that's where the government actually got a hold of, you know, alien material, and they were like, well, we need to, like, talk about this, because it's a thing. How do we do it? Well... You make the propaganda for it, and the people will say, right. "Oh, yeah, you mean like that cute little ET guy?" And it's it's, mm-hmm. it's Jim yeah. Dandy, no. yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's the whole uh, um, 
uh, kind of popular metaphor of the uh, frog in a boiling pot of water. Like you just like drop it in there. You like give it too much information right away. If you, if you drop all those truth bombs, uh, then yeah, like people are really gonna like freak out. Versus just kind of feed them little bits of this and little bits of that, and and, and then yeah, then then of course it's like people people are say, well, of of course there are aliens and they look like that because they've been here for yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. You, we've we've grown up with them in a way. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's it called? Paul. The movie Paul talks about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. That's yeah. right. Anyway, enough of that. So <laughs> back to so, Texas. Back to te- Meanwhile, back at the ranch. The first time we can say <laughs> that, and it actually makes sense. Yeah, it actually. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in the piney forest. So, um, Cash is driving the car, and this thing is floating away from them, but it's kind of getting closer. It's about 130 feet in the air. It's above the trees, and she notes in her in a report given to a military official we'll get into later that this fire was coming out, and it wasn't burning the trees, but the tops of the trees were, like, browning. Mm, okay. Which is kind of weird, kind of fun, I guess. She wants to turn around. She can't because, like I said, it's a narrow uh, forest road. And it had been raining, so the shoulders were soft on either side, so she can't turn around. The only way to go is forward, right? Mm -hmm. And so they go forward, and eventually she just stops the car because she can't stop looking at this thing. And I'm going to give you um, just a journalist named Jerome Clark took her statement, and this is what he said. This is the description that she gave to him. The object, intensely bright, and, and a dull metallic silver was shaped like a huge upright diamond about the size of the Dayton water tower, with its top and bottom cut off so that they were flat rather than pointed. Small blue lights ringed the center. Periodically over the next few minutes, flames shot out of the bottom, flaring outward, creating effect of an enlarged cone. Every time the fire dissipated, the UFO floated a few feet downwards toward the road, but when the, blast, when the flames blasted again, the object rose about the same distance. She also notes in her interview that it sounded like a whooshing sound or like air brakes. So, kind of wonky, right? Mm -hmm. So now they pulled up on the UFO. It's hovering above them. They both get out of the car. Colby is losing his goddamn mind because he's still a seven-year-old. So Cash goes up to the UFO, but Vicky Landrum stays back. She says, I'll be right back, baby. I'm just going to look at this and I'll be back. That's, Yeah. Yeah. I should also point out that's her son. Sorry, I don't know if I said that. Or yeah. Not. yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate yeah. Cash is the but grandma. Landrum is the mama. Colby's the little boy. Gotcha. So, as they're outside, they feel this intense heat coming off of the craft somehow, and it becomes so bad that when they try to get back into the car, they can't grab the metal handles on the door. So they gotta like reach in their jacket pocket and pop them. As they get into the car, remember they're driving a 1980s Oldsmobile Cutlass. Do you remember those vinyl dashboards, Josh? Oh, yeah. Landrum said inside the car, she could put her hand on the dashboard. She made an impression in it, and it stayed there for, like, weeks. Something, so super hot, something's going down. Mm -hmm. And as this is happening, the sky lights up. Everything is blinding. There's a huge flash. And uh, little Colby's gone out of the back seat. <gasps> not really. I'm, I'm fucking with you. Okay, I was going to say, like, <laughs> no, not, not, <laughs> not little Colby. Colby. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what does show up is equally weird. 23 
Tandem rotor helicopters appear in the sky from all directions, converging on the diamond. And when I say tandem rotor, do you know what a Chinook is? Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're like the school bus with the two blades. You know, the two? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 23 yeah, of them. One the front, one the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One of the front, one of the back. 23 of these things appear out of nowhere. And in an interview, Vicky Landrum and Cash both said that they had U.S. Uh, military insignia on them. So these things converge, and as they converge, the, the, the diamond, the UFO, the craft, whatever it is, it, it shoots up, and now that the road is kind of clear, she, she floors it, Cash drives on, and they're like, alright, we're done, but she can see the, like, object with the helicopters kind of, like, chasing it in the distance going off into the night. Oh, wow. They drive back home, Cash gets them home, drops off Vicky and Colby, and the night is over. Right? Mm hmm And that's that. Until later on. So I guess number one, um, that very first point, there are other witnesses that say they saw these helicopters, including but not limited to a local sheriff, says he saw them. And okay. I'm not saying, like, sheriffs have more credibility or not, but it is, you know, but, he's but, a cop. Yeah, like, it's, it's, uh, they have a little bit more trustworthiness. Yeah, well, and, and, and even that... There are, uh, yeah, like multiple confirming uh, um, cases. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That also lends some credence to it. I think they get home. They decide it was just kind of like maybe it was an exercise. Maybe we don't know what we saw. Maybe it was just the military. It is isolated forest in Texas, at the middle, mm -hmm. not the middle of the night, but nine o'clock at night. Of course not. You know, like it's all good. They think everything's cool. They think everything's fine until that night. Everybody comes down with some type of illness. They've got they're they're, they're puking, they're they've got diarrhea. They're weak. Colby's running this crazy high fever, and for some reason, Betty Cash has the worst of it. Hmm. And I think, and, and just kind of like breaking breaking uh, story here, I think it's because she got closer to that craft. Because remember, Landrum turned around and said, "I'll be right back, Colby. I'm just going to check this out." But yeah. like Cash, like kind of got up and up close and personal to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that makes sense to me. Yeah, so they were all kind of sick, but Cash was really bad off. By January the 3rd, she could not walk, and she was losing hair in patches. She was oh, covered God. in these, like, weird blistery sores, and they had no idea what was wrong with her. She was in the hospital for 12 days. They discharged her and then brought her back because they just couldn't figure out what it was. And the only thing that seemed to work was that doctors treated her for um, advanced radiation poisoning. And that, that I was just gonna started say. to fix her, yeah, because you know the blemishes and so forth, like, mm -hmm. yeah, 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 all of those, all, all those symptoms, uh, yeah, line up with, yeah, something like, yeah, a heavy dosage of radiation. And so, uh, according to the 1985 HBO documentary UFOs, what's going on? Which is the most <laughs> 80s name I've ever heard of anything. <laughs> You ever and noticed that <laughs> some UFOs hover like this, and then some UFOs hover like this, wow, 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 and then like a laugh track, and somebody in like shoulder pad, suit, jacket, um, sticking out over like that. He's Sorry. true, he's right, we're such idiots. Haha, ha, that is so like us. <laughs> I'm I don't know why we're giving them robot screaming. voices, but we I'm literally, yeah. because the greys are robots, that's for a later oh, topic. Yeah. Never mind. Okay, true, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> can't, I, can't, I can't kick this pig yet. 
Not this hornet's nest. <laughs> Not now. Not now. <laughs> um. So, jeez. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry. So no, 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 um, no. You're you're fine. Getting, UFOs. What's going on? She's getting treat. She, she's getting yeah, yeah. That's right. UFOs, they treated her for on? cancer that she claimed that she got after being exposed to radio radioactive UFO. Um. Colby and Vicky Landrum stuff wasn't so bad, but they still experienced um, weakness, sores, and hair loss. Kind of lining up with maybe a slightly less intense exposure to um, radiation. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so kind of jumping ahead, but not really, um, they wanted to know what it was and what to do. So they contacted, first they contacted, um, they, they contacted local state police. The police laughed it off. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then they kind of just moved up the chain until, um, I want to say it was Vicky and I lost it, sorry. But one of hmm. them contacted um, a firm in Seattle and they put her onto the uh, Mutual UFO Network or MUFON. And so hmm. MUFON sent out people to investigate this deal. And what they found, they took a bunch of pictures and stuff of the incident. I guess they took a picture of like the handprint in the dashboard and then it disappeared. But one of the radiologists who was working on behalf of MUFON looked at their charts and said, well, this is secondary damage from ionizing radiation, but there's also likely a component of infrared radiation or infrared energy as well. Mm. So at least there's actual doctors there, but there is a skeptic named Brad Sparks who says that the symptoms were similar to ionizing radiation. Like the, the rapid onset of the symptoms would have been more than the body could handle. And it should have just like outright killed them. What he oh, says wow. it was though, was contamination from like an aerosol spray. Which is, right. that's well, really what it sounds to me like was maybe it was a weather bo- And I'm not jumping ahead, but like some type of like, you know, chemical dispersal package or something that they were trying to test. Yeah, well, and, and it does. It really does make a difference if it's, um, <clears throat> if it's radiation that's, that's just getting shot at you from the outside versus something that um, like you do ingest, either like you breathe it in or, or it, um, or like you eat or drink something bad or you get poisoned or something like that um yes like even those symptoms are are kind of kind of different but yeah but it's still you know kind of if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck it might be advanced radiation poisoning from you yeah of course of course (laughs) so nothing comes out of this eventually um cash gets out of the hospital she gets better but it's also important to note that for the next 18 years up until she died in 1998 uh, she was hospitalized at least once a year with complications due to whatever this thing was. Hmm. And I mean, maybe maybe it's psychosomatic, whatever, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, once a year for 18 years until you die, that's kind of, it, it's kind of weird. That is pretty weird. That is pretty so weird. We've, we fast forward to April of 1981. We've kind of moved on now. It's four months since, it's been, it's been four months since the event. And a young Colby Landrum is out playing in the grass, doing it up because he's a little kid, and that's what little kids do. And he's whatever kids do in Texas in the eighties, probably shooting frogs. Yeah, probably. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and he hears this low thump sound, and then the low thump sound intensifies, and he sees a dot on the horizon. And then poor sweet little Colby beholds the avatar of his woe, a uh, CH forty-seven Chinook helicopter. Dual blades and all, and it is drawn down on him. Oh, shit. And then it lands in a field, not too far from where he is. And obviously, 
Colby, having already experienced one traumatic event with, you know, aircraft, mm -hmm. he runs in and tells his mom what's going on. And his mom is like, come on, this is silly. We're I'm going right. to take you to this field. I'm going to show you what's up. It's just a helicopter. So they, they, they get over to the field where this helicopter's landed. And this is weird to me because I don't know if this is a thing that happened often in the 80s, like if we were just a lot more lax or whatever. But straight up, there was a Chinook helicopter that landed, and the pilot had already, like, drawn a crowd around him because all these kids and adults saw this thing land, so they all <laughs> wanted to check it out. So he just, like, let yeah. him come check out his helicopter, and, you know, he let the kids... He was he was letting people into the helicopter. You know, it's a big it's a school bus-sized thing. Yeah. He's letting people get into it, right. look around and stuff. And uh, he's, like, fielding questions from all the single moms, and, you know... <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, you know, I I I, I fly helicopters. What I do, yeah, uh, mile high. How about the half a mile high? Because helicopters don't get that big. Hoo, hoo, hoo. What's yeah. up, ladies? Yeah. Hey, Mister, that must that must take a lot of that must take a lot of man to wrangle a helicopter like that. And you're like, well, uh, maybe I'll have to show you sometime. He puts his aviators back on and off off. Puts a the pair of a aviators on his pair of aviators. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and Ben and, flips his uh, like flight a, screen down on his helmet. Yeah, and 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 there just happens to be like a like a white snake concert going on <laughs> at the same time. They're just going wow. <laughs> <laughs> and so, for the second time in this story, we have Vicky acting a damn fool and saying something that she shouldn't be saying. First, mm -hmm. it was, "Don't worry, baby, it's Jesus. He can't hurt you." And then Jesus gave you radiation poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> so as they're standing in this crowd she vicky overhears him saying i've been in the area before i was here a couple months ago investigating a ufo maybe uh, that may now maybe 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 this is a helicopter pilot talking big for kids maybe he's sure. hitting on moms mm -hmm. and he's like yeah that's right i was checking out a ufo how you doing baby i'll show you what i program Yikes. with you know <laughs> or somebody fucked up right? right because my biggest thing with this is they saw 23 to 26, it varies between um, Vicky and Betty, but 23 to 26 helicopters with U.S. insignias. How many Chinook helicopter pilots are there in Texas in December 28th, 1980? Like, yeah, that's got to be like a number on the, you know, it, within the 20s, right? Right, 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 right. And so he, she hears him say this. And she, they wait their turn to come talk to the pilot, and she says, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you've come. I saw the UFO that you saw. I, I was there in December. I was underneath it. I saw it. And she's like, do you know what it was? And she's asking him all these questions. And the dude stiffens up. He kicks them out of the uh, helicopter. He's like, I got to go. We're done here. That's it. And now, again, yeah. I don't know if this is a, a military guy clamming up and saying, all right, whatever, no, no, no UFOs, or... There's a crazy woman in isolated rural Texas going, I saw that their UFO. I thought it was I Jesus. He gave me cancer. <laughs> like <laughs> I seen it. Yeah. Like, I, again, I, there's what, some plausible deniability. Also, my glue mm -hmm. line tastes better a little bit further down the cup. I don't know if that's a thing or not. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that was part of it, too. Like, it also maybe settled a little bit. But um, anyway, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. it's. No, no, no. It's that's quite that's quite all right. It's quite all right. But yeah, so this was sort of like a big red flag for Vicky. She realizes that she watched the guy get visibly uncomfortable with it, and even if he realizes 
because you know, also I'm sure that like the military school do not talk about aliens, whether or not their world right. doesn't matter. Just don't fucking say it in front of civilians. Just don't, just don't do it. Yeah. Right. 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 But so she took this as proof that she that number one she was owed answers because her and her boy and her and her mother, you know, they they all had visible side effects from this thing, whatever it was, whether it was a UFO or not. Obviously now, some higher power was involved. And goddamn mm. it if she wasn't going to figure it out. Right. So she and Betty put their heads together and they contacted their senators, Lloyd Benston and John Tower, who tell them to go to hell. <laughs> and eventually they're put in co- they're told to get in contact with a judge advocate claims office at the Bergstrom Air Force Base there in Texas. And so in August of 1981, Betty, uh, Vicky, and Colby all go to the Air Force Base, and they get interviewed. And you can um, you can read transcripts of this. I read it for the beginning, or I read it for prep or whatever. And that's where I get these, like, de- and, and not just me, because a lot of other people have covered this, but whatever, not talking about that. You can read right, the interview. Right. You can read the transcript. You get a lot of fun details. You get the bingo detail out of that. She talks at length about bingo. Like I'm like, okay, lady, get to the point. We're doing she UFOs loves, here. Yeah. Loves she is her just bingo. all about it. <laughs> But so she, um, they present this case to a Captain John Camp and a Captain Terry Davis, both captains in the American, uh, the United States Air Force. And after hearing their uh, statement testament, they tell them to go. See, they tell them to find counsel. Excuse me, glue wine repeating. Whew. Yep. <laughs> they tell them to seek uh, legal counsel and uh, seek financial compensation for their injuries. Hmm. So two dudes in the army think that they have enough of a case. Okay, okay. Okay, and now we kick into the sort of hero, not the hero, but sort of the hero, and I found out about this dude today. Not today, but with this, and he blew my mind. They get a lawyer, a guy by the name of Peter Gersten. He is awesome. (laughs) He has sued the United States government several times under the Freedom of Information Act demanding to see files of UFOs and extraterrestrial life and stuff, right? And I know what you're saying. He's a crazy person. But, but, he sued the CIA in 1977 for all this, for, for, you know, anything they could give him, anything they could give him on UFOs. And uh, the CIA handed over 900 uh, files to him. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're not files, but but 900 documents. 900 documented incidents of any type of UFO. Shit, dude, nine hundred. I I. Uh, it wasn't that long ago that a lot of the Roswell stuff was declassified, and mm-hmm. so 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 like I think. Well, and and this is the other kind of funny thing too. Like I don't know if you, if this has been kind of on your radar or not, but um, like there there do seem to be uh, more and more either governmental officials or like representatives or what what have you kind of like saying like no there there are aliens and 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 i was and in fact yeah just just not that long ago um i want to say like someone from the israeli government was saying like no there are aliens and there's a galactic federation and you'll see <laughs> and i'm not necessarily i'm 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 not maybe going quite that far just yet but there does seem to be recently a whole lot of people in those higher places making some rumblings about this kind of stuff. So who knows, man? 
there was a guy named Paul Hillier. He was the Canadian Defense Minister. I want to say it was 2014. He, 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 um, I don't even know how you do this. He released something called the Citizens Disclosure Act, where he disclosed that we humans have been, are in contact with at least four other alien races. He was aware mm. of it. They, we have been aware of it, and we have been in contact with, with them for thousands of years. Some of them come right. from other star systems, and there are some that live on Venus, Mars, and Saturn. Now, um, Mars, I don't know about. There's a weird conspiracy theory with Mars. But on Venus, we do have – there was a government agent, allegedly, called Valiant Thor, who was an alien from the planet Venus. He was a gov- He worked for the United States government in cooperation yeah. with them. It's a whole thing. And it, it's weird that you bring it up, but it's – it's there. And and now, especially in the year 2020, we have had several big disclosure events. The Navy, and I want to what was it, February, the Navy mm-hmm. disclosed their giant list of UFOs. And they're just saying UFO as an, uh, as an unidentified flying right. object. They're not saying it's extraterrestrial in origin or anything, but they are saying that these things exist. They uh, showed part of the protocol for dealing with them. No, you're absolutely right. We are deaf. I, I really do think within the next 10 years we will get full disclosure of of contact yeah. with aliens, mm-hmm. if not yeah. if not something else, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just kind of to that point, and I know it, we've also kind of made a couple jokes about this or that, but but it, it does it does kind of seem like more and more people call it call it courage, call it throwing caution to the wind or whatever. But it does kind of seem like more and more people and and it would also be one thing that's like okay this is a dude from like um i don't know like turkmenistan who's just really desperate for attention he's like no believe me you you have to trust me on this but no like there seem to be like a lot of different countries and people associated with that who are kind of speaking out and doing uh like not exactly FOIA requests, but but different things like that. Like here's a bunch of documents, and here's a bunch of things like that. So yeah, so I, yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's just weird, you know, with the declassification system in American government, we're getting more and more into this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Peter Gersten, a guy who he specializes in suing the government over UFO cases. He heard their case and he took it on pro bono. Mm-hmm. It was in the United. It was in the U.S. courts for a couple of years. And this is where I think they fucked up. Cash and Landrum sued the United States federal government for $20 million. I think if they would have lowballed it at like the $500,000, they probably would have gotten paid off. Yeah, that, that seems Just a like bit. a flat payoff, like they settle out of court, they don't even bring lawyers, and we're just like, yeah, whatever. But so yeah. on August 21st, 1986, mind you, Josh, this is six years after the initial event. Well, almost six, five and a half years that December. Right. Um, a U.S. District Court judge dismissed the case. He said that the plaintiffs could not prove that the helicopters were associated with the U.S. government. He said that military officials had testified that the United States Armed Forces did not have a large diamond-shaped aircraft in their possession. So due to lack of evidence, the case was tossed out. <laughs> Damn. Which is super sad. And that, yeah, that's sort of where is. it ends. That's about it. I, I guess it leaves us at a weird point. So Betty Cash died at 69 on December 29th. 1998 and then um betty died september 12 2007 almost seven days from her last birthday colby is still up and around plugging i've heard that i guess he's pretty cool about talking about this but yeah 
we have at least one living witness to this event, and yeah, it was seven, and yeah, it was a long time ago, but, I mean, what, but that only makes him yeah. 40 now, right? If he was, yeah, 1980, no. What is that? Uh, 48, right? No, no, he'd be in his 50s. Never mind, whatever, I'm dumb. Seven, anyway, but, the kid. but he's still he's still up and up and moving and Yeah, no, so we still got that. Colby and from what I could tell, like he is around, I guess, still, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so the outcome for this, like, there's I think that this gives us two potential outcomes and I kinda wanna discuss it with you. So number one, this was a, a UFO that got flagged by the United States officials. They chased it down. And these three people were kind of caught in the crossfire of that event. Nobody was right. really hurt, except for, I guess, Betty Cash with her persistence of problems. Even that was, sounds like was just kind of a side effect thing. It wasn't like she got shot with a laser beam or anything. She just didn't like, explore. No, you got a little, right. Like, you just got, like, stay, in, stay inside your uh, cutlass when the engines are <laughs> operating. Um, keep keep all appendages inside the car. <laughs> When a UFO is hovering nearby. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's that one. Or this was a U.S. military weapon test that uh, caught two, that caught three civilians in its wake. And the U.S. military mm. won't own up to it. Right. And right. really quick, it, as I researched this, one other uh, – another source that I found cited this – and they talked about a thing called a Lockheed Martin multiple kill device. That sounds pretty nasty. <laughs> Ominous is all shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so what it is, uh, the and this is just off Wikipedia. I didn't really go into this, but it because it, it's real kind of it's kind of wonky, and I don't know if it holds much water. Sure. But it was a planned U.S. missile defense program whose goal was to design, develop, and deploy multiple small kinetic energy-based warheads. They can intercept and destroy multiple ballistic missiles, including possible detour targets. And you can look up tests of this online, and it looks sort of like if I said the Tanti Four, would you know what I was talking about? Or Princess Leia's ship in A New Hope? Oh yeah, mm -hmm. it yeah. looks yeah, like yeah. that, and it's got oh, like multi-directional things. And this one looks mm -hmm. like a cylinder, but I could also see how maybe a different design pattern was like a diamond. And it's blowing fire at the bottom. And one big thing that sticks out to me in all of this is that um, Cash and Landrum both talked about how this thing would blow fire out and then make a noise. Every single other UFO encounter, or not every single one, but a bulk of the other ones we have is that the UFOs are something that are not within our are not within our ken. They are beyond our grasp. They make no noise, and we can't right. even we, we we don't get it. But this thing is making a shitload of noise and burning trees. Right. And I almost really, I almost think that that points to it. And you'll also remember, um, uh, what was his name? Spark talked about, he dismissed the idea that it was radiation poisoning because it would kill him. But he did say that it might be aerosol contamination. You can look at this video and there's just, it's, it's a tube and it kind of hovers and floats around. It's, it's dumb, whatever. But <laughs> I don't know, maybe. So maybe, I, I don't know, where do you fall? And I guess there's also, it was a shared hallucination between three people. And a case of like you know phantom, I don't know what you call it. You know phantom phantom illness. Phantom illness. Mm -hmm. but, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would not be surprised if it was some sort of experimental or test device that 
maybe went rogue because this was the 80s mm-hmm. our computing and programming knowledge was maybe not like perfect and even now like things still things still kind of go wrong so i would not be surprised if this was maybe some sort of like semi-autonomous device that maybe yeah had a had an error in its code some bad programming and it kind of like flew off a little bit and then so then yeah you better believe that the military is going to scramble a bunch of helicopters to go track this thing down and and see it so i and and maybe their sense of scale was a little bit off like or and that could be too you know there are good reasons why things are classified and you know like you don't broadcast all of your secrets if you're a uh, a sovereign government because that's just that's just don't be smart not to do that yeah don't, don't be dumb um so yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if it was some sort of thing that yeah, maybe got a little too far out of their control. And is there any sort of like military base or presence or installation kind of in that area? I, I mean, it's Houston. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. They gave their statement at Bruce Air Force Base, which is mm. located seven miles southeast of Austin, Texas, and figure they're 35 miles away from Houston. I don't know Texas geography. Yeah. Texas listeners, is this close? Is this far? Let us know. <laughs> I think if I remember, because I kind of have, I kind of have some like extended family out over there. I, if I remember correctly, I, I think those are pretty close. Um, I think, I think they're re, I think Dallas is further south. Or, I don't know. Either way. Yeah, but there but, is, there well, is, there is an air force base there. Also, hmm. where they sighted it was in a national forest, and figure that a lot of, or not a lot, but there are a lot of cases of like. Air Force activity in forest in national forest just as like training exercises and stuff. Right, right, right. right. You well, can because where's the best place to do it out in the open country? Like even exactly, right now yeah. today, um, or as of 2010, um, Dayton, Texas only has 7,700 something residents. Like these are not yeah. populated, densely populated areas. These are not metropolitan centers. They see the lights from the airport in Houston, but they're you know they're used to it. Right, they wouldn't so think anything. There of is it. enough yeah. there where they're like, yeah, it's 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 a thing. But yeah, there's there, there's enough either plausible deniability or extra kind of like noise going on. What and uh, yeah, like I I remember um, uh, being in high school and and early college um, in Alamosa, we had helicopters and aircraft um, train train in our kind of area to go to Afghanistan and all that. So yeah, it, it wasn't, it, it was not a uncommon sight to see helicopters or jets flying in formation and, and doing drills oh, yeah. and all that. So, so yeah, that, that would absolutely make sense. That would absolutely makes sense to, to me. If, yeah, this was maybe like an advanced test or, you know, something like that. And then, oops, we forgot to uh, carry the two in <laughs> are like 1980s programming where we still have physical cards that we have to like flop out <laughs> of this like enormous uh, <laughs> computer that takes up a, an entire room. So, so yeah, I, I, that seems like a fairly reasonable um, story to me. And, and who's to say also like the, the one helicopter dude who uh, a couple mo- who, 
a couple months afterwards flew over and kind of landed and did his little thing. Like he sure yeah. seemed like on the one hand, the whole uh, even though loose lips sink ships is a whole like propaganda um, thing from World War II. I'm I'm going to talk about how I was here for a UFO, like just to yeah. like. Why would just, you say that? Like right. Huh, if, I don't if it if it weren't some kind of like false or flag or, or, or it was the worst time joke in the history of bad time UFO yeah. jokes. <laughs> right. You you yeah. made a nine eleven joke and oh my dad died right. in the tower too. It's like oh well fuck me running huh? I guess you know nine yeah. out of eleven Americans don't think those jokes are funny eh? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, and so so I I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't turn out to be the case either right something yeah. like look smith get over here god damn it um we're just kind of tying up some loose ends here why don't you pop on over and just land this enormous chinook um in a field somewhere nearby it doesn't really matter tell a story about seeing a ufo but if somebody starts asking about it then get real tight and fly away so that they don't find about the lockheed martin kill kill machine <laughs> no, multiple kill machine multiple kill multiple device kill multiple vehicle vehicle there we go yeah it was like yeah. sir sir yes sir and I, mean, I don't know maybe that was his yeah. maybe he got out of like cleaning the latrines just to go pop over and do this little, I mean maybe this little I, yeah I I'll be honest I just I want to believe I typically want to believe but for I this know. one I know there is some type of fuckery about but I don't know mm-hmm. what the fuckery is. But I don't yeah. necessarily think it's um, alien in nature. We ha- there's uh, there's other there's tons of other cases where people will see a UFO. Some of them get out of their car. Some of them don't. Even even um, encounter scenarios like abduction scenarios. One that comes to my mind is Betty and Barney Hill. A couple that were driving yeah. down the road saw mm-hmm. the UFO. Uh, they got taken up and through hypnosis they remember these events. Didn't remember them that night. They just kind of came to it a, a, a little while later, missing the time, still driving, didn't know what was going down. Right. Yeah. And Barney Hill had some, like, residual side effects from it. And most people that come in contact with him have some type of, like, residual, like, there's a mark or something if they actually, like, see the alien. But in this case, like, you don't hear people seeing a UFO and then getting radiation poisoning. I really do think that it was, like, an American government thing. I really think we were testing yeah. something, and it got out of hand. I'd even go so far as to say maybe this was a nuclear engine device because there were nuclear engine, you know, prototype mm-hmm. nuclear yeah. engines in yeah. in development around this time. I just, I don't know. I want to believe so bad, but I think this might be the one time that it's not an alien, you know? Yeah. It sounds, it, it sound, based on some of these details, I think, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I may kind of lean more towards a, comparatively mundane explanation of oh yeah the military tried this this new doodad um but went a little haywire and uh, not quite and kind of yeah yeah not quite yeah. <laughs> oops all cancers yeah <laughs> well because even even like with so, so like uh i was i just mentioned uh, that the whole roswell thing got declassified yes. and, and i'm sure you heard the story about what that what that actually was what do you say it actually was? Well, my well, so my understanding is also kind of traces back to World War II. Um, I, was, I was I was looking this up. Um, 
there was a there was an oceanographer and I forget his name so pardon me dude you're awesome but he discovered this kind of like layer um, in in the in like all of the world's ocean where things like temperature and salinity and a whole bunch of stuff kind of like find this magic little number uh, and there's a band with with this certain property that carries sound waves pretty much like across the globe okay. and so and so what they were trying to do was like if, if we could figure out a way to put so like say like a sub gets knocked out of commission but it's an enemy territory and it can't surface if we can like de- design a depth charge that will go down to that level go go down to that special zone and then detonate and send off some sound waves and then on our like uh, uh, coastal naval bases, we pick we we put up some sensors and then triangulate where that sound came from. Then we know where to like send a rescue mission. Okay. And so that was all going on in World War II. After World War II, during the Cold War or like the beginning of the Cold War, there's some like, oh, okay. Well, we know this thing exists in the oceans, but what about in the atmosphere? And sure enough, there is a similar kind of phenomenon in the atmosphere. And I forget at what altitude, where it's okay. like the density and the temperature and all that create this, this, um, yeah, this like kind of shell, this kind of band that goes across the globe and, and yeah, carries sound waves like, like, like super well. And so what they're trying to do was like do a similar kind of thing, except with a balloon. And so this balloon went up and went up way up high. And then it was trying to do this thing. And it had a bunch of electronic equipment and microphones and stuff. And then... Fell, fell back down and landed in in Roswell, and so that and so that's what the whole thing was. Was like, yeah, the government wanted to cover that shit up because they didn't want the Russians to find out about this uh, this kind of special special thing that might help us intercept a ICBM or whatever. Um, mm. So, like, if that and that's the story they're telling us now. <laughs> but yeah, like, if that was the case, it's like, oh, we'll maybe let this alien story perpetuate here in Roswell because there's actually some there's a bigger secret that we don't want to get out. Yeah. Like if that was the case with Roswell, I can believe that that might be the case here with this, um, with this particular incident in uh, Texas in 1980. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I can send you, I can send you a little, um, yeah, little video about do. it. Yeah. No, my, yeah. yeah, my official stance on it is no, there was a downed alien craft and we recovered several bodies. One of my biggest mm-hmm. things is, I'm going to bleep her name out, but Josh, I dated a girl whose grandfather was in the army at Roswell. Hmm. You might know her as... <gasps> and she said that he was real cryptic about... He didn't talk about it. He was one right. of the original... Or not the original, but he was like the second wave of dudes at that base at the time when they started right. bringing that shit in. And she said that he said he saw bodies, but the bodies were um, apes. Interesting. And they were in flight suits, and it was part of a, uh, a test to determine, like, the capability of um, what we were understanding to be spacesuits at the time. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and so, like, I... and, and she even said that he said, like, yeah, there were bodies, but no, they were just, they were, they were just um, chimps that we put because, you know, uh, humans and chimps. Right. We had to time. test. Yeah. And she said he was real adamant about it. And I, I don't know. I don't know where that sits, but that's mm-hmm. something, man. And, and, and like it tracks, like, you know, we, you know, South uh, Colorado versus like South New Mexico. It's not that hard to get up here, you know? Right. 
and also like super super isolated and kind of spaced out and all hey look at me making a joke about being <laughs> about being spaced out um but um yeah the, the other kind of quick thing i was just going to say about that also seems completely plausible to me that there was maybe some sort of like animal in space test flight kind of thing because i was i was reading um i was reading some books kind of about yeah like the sort of space race and early space flights and all that and talking about things that we take for granted like like space travel to now is so ubiquitous um mm-hmm. and like we can wa- we can watch a we we can watch space flights going on right now and you know the international space station has their live feed and you can check in on them but but we but we forget that at the time like people really didn't know how that worked and like yeah. they i remember one of the sort of first american tests um with animals uh going up to space was yeah i was one of the one of the chimpanzees they they uh kind of put them up there in a suborbital um trajectory just just to see if he could like push buttons like yeah. we didn't know we didn't know if we could push buttons when we got into space because <laughs> we didn't because know. how can you how can yeah, you know exactly what do you what do you and, do with that like yeah and like you can't take that for granted you, you can't take for granted that you can push space you, you you can push buttons when you're in this pressurized uh uh capsule in outer space you don't know this stuff so yeah that absolutely makes sense to me I mean, there's that story about, you know, NASA spent how many thousands of dollars trying to develop a, pen, a pen to write in space. And like, we'll just mm-hmm. use a pencil because lead doesn't run. Like, Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and there's... And um, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> well, and, and, and even... So I, I think I've told you about this. Um, uh, there's, a, there's this computer game that I really like playing. It's called Kerbal Space Program. Yes. And, and yeah, like you basically... You like you're you're on this alien planet called uh, Kerbin, and you control these little green aliens called Kerbals, and you basically run their equivalent of like NASA or um, uh, the European Space Agency, and like you design rockets and you build them and you try to fly, and it's all like physics based. Uh, it's it's not like completely, but but it's but it's pretty close. And yeah, like I playing that game, I know more about rocket ships like what makes a good rocket than like a car <laughs> i'm like uh but there is a lot of weird counterintuitive stuff like yeah. like the best so like say you're in orbit and you're trying to rendezvous with something um but it's a little but but it's in front of you and you're behind it now like normal everyday kind of logic would dictate oh well let's aim our rocket at it and fire up the the engines fire up the rockets and that'll get us closer but what you actually want to do is you want to do the exact opposite you want to turn away and fire the your rockets what would appear backwards because that's going to lower your orbit and smaller orbits uh, complete faster so it so it, it, it it's like moving to the inside track if you're like racing and so you like you you complete an orbit faster, and then you can like meet up with them later. Then um, you pop out and get there. Right, right, and and so yeah. and so yeah, like one of the big achievements in in that game is being able to like rendezvous for the first time because it is it's so counterintuitive, and you have a limited amount of fuel <laughs> and all this stuff. And I've stranded so many 
Kerbals just in orbit. Like there's 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 been like 20 of them just kind of floating around. Um, and they've all run out of fuel and eventually they just, I don't know, they just they just hang out. <laughs> never, never come down. That just does go to show that, yeah, like we like we got we, we have to figure this stuff out and create little test experiments um, and test vehicles. And then when they go wrong, we have to do we have to make a convincing cover story um, so that the Russians don't find out. <laughs> All right. No, that's cool. So that OK, so that's where you're going to land. You're going to say that it's um, government weapon. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, me too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or maybe not even necessarily a weapon, but some sort of government. Not technology. weapon. Um, yeah. Technology. Technology is a better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Some yeah. sort of thing. Some yeah. sort of thing that maybe maybe went a little, little unplanned, and so then they had to clamp down on it, and then maybe let this story kind of perpetuate, persist. That maybe it was a UFO, maybe not. Something like that. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So that's Indeed. that's what I got, Josh. I it's a Christmas no, time UFO. Great. It's it holly. Is. It's jolly. I have mm-hmm. consumed my gigantic mug of hot buttered rum and my little Green Bay Packers wine glass of blue yeah. vein. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. See, um, uh, this. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I was just going to uh, uh, agree that, yeah, polish those off. And, um, yeah, I. I, I, I kind of want to take a second pass at the hot buttered rum because I think, like like I mentioned, I added maybe a little too much water and maybe yeah. not quite and maybe not quite enough of like the extra spices and and stuff. So I I may have another crack at that, but then again, if it's if, if it's gonna look if, if it's gonna turn out kind of looking poo water, I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> want to repeat that. But um, but at any rate, I got. At any rate. Yeah, I I I do have not only um this Yingling to kind of uh finish me off, but then I I even have a whole other um probably a whole other mugs worth of uh Gluvine uh keeping warm on the stove there. So so who knows? Join us for part 2 in. of Markets Pro by Aliens. <laughs> and Josh is too drunk to help or do anything. <laughs> oh no. Don't Stop Mark, it. you can. Mark, you can. You can just, just uh, cross, cross your lay. Um, give. Ooh, this glue vine. I. Oh man. Inside <laughs> baseball. If they mm-hmm. came, if the Grays appeared in my room, if they took me up to the craft, if they put the like cone on my penis, I just like guys, 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 guys. No, you can have it. Don't. Yeah. There's no yeah, need it, for this. I gotta assume by now they speak English. They've been abducting us for the last seventy years. Yeah, like they've got to have some kind of grasp on it. I'll be like, no, 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 no. I'll do for you, and and you know, and they're gonna give me like some gray with she has the boobs because they like implanted them with her, and she's like because they've also been around for forever. Like, no, no, no. Let me, let me do this, and you know, (laughs) and then eventually it'll be like, man. I'll be back on Earth, and I'll just have a, have a big smile on my face. But like, there he goes. Homeboy just, like, deposited his seat on a Martian. Like, <laughs> that's what's up. He got that strange. I have had conversations with Amanda mm-hmm. about, is it cheating if I get abducted and they take my seat? <laughs> and she always comes up with no. 
And I think it's a dismissive no, but one of these days, Josh. One of these days. It might, yeah, when when the rubber hits the road, so to speak. <laughs> when the alien extraction device hits hits your Johnson, um, that's, that's when we'll really find out. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we'll find out. We'll find out yeah. many things. We ought to read we'll Alien Erotica. I don't know. I, I love aliens, Josh. I love them so much. I'm into them. I'm horned up. Yeah, oh man. god if, if you if, if you're horned up how do you guys feel about this what do you think is it a is it a like steampunk weather balloon that the u.s government couldn't get right is it aliens is it jesus is jesus an angry Maybe vengeful god showing time. up three yeah. days after his birthday to fuck with yeah. three people in texas yeah like, saying, saying like look i was i was there at church service and uh uh Colby, you weren't giving it your all when you were singing, so I gotta teach you a lesson. Yeah, I gotta give you a little sunburn and a crippling fear of helicopters. (laughs) Colby's fear of helicopters, god damn it. That's awesome. (laughs) No, and fuck Colby, he's screwed up because of it too. Like, you know what, like Vietnam movies, like it's always the helicopter? Colby watches Vietnam movies and just loses his shit. Poor guy. guy. Yeah. Poor, poor little guy who's eight years older than we are whatever yeah when i was in yeah, like fifth grade sixth grade seventh grade i got yeah. i got way into helicopters and like oh did you yeah so i could i could i i when, when you mentioned the uh uh chinook, chinook i was like oh 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 baby oh baby do i know a chinook yeah see that's yeah, funny I, got, I, I like went back and forth and like josh you know what that is but yeah mm-hmm. okay cool yeah. No. And uh, and yeah, it was. It was like a year and a half solid. I got way into helicopters, and then I found something else to do. I think that's actually when I finally hit puberty, and I was like, Oh wait, grade? Jesus Christ! Well, they're like, Oh, year and a half. Sorry, that'd be fifth grade. grade. Yeah. 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 Sorry, yeah. Sorry. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Like fifth grade, sixth grade. I was like, I like helicopters, and then here come the hormones. I was like, Oh wait, girls are way better than helicopters. What am I doing? See, <laughs> see that's weird because that's when, like, fourth grade was, I remember, like, when I kicked hard into aliens. Mm. And I remember very clearly, like, going to the library and, like, checking out every alien book. And my mom was like, this oh, is garbage. The best. Go to hell. What are you doing? Read something real. And then I hit puberty. And I was still into aliens. Yeah. <laughs> but I beat it off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. Oh, this has been great. fun. Thank you. It's been a great. Thank episode. you for yeah. indulging me. Thank you for going down this route. I know that like we're supposed to be two wizards and talking like whatever we talk about, but I heard about this case and it got me horned up because like all of December we've been kind of spooky, and yeah, to tell tales out of school like I am terrified of aliens. They scare the piss out of me like we can talk about this later but i mm-hmm. fucking hate i i hate aliens they terrify me and what is more scary for like christmas time ghost story than like the thing that like truly makes my soul like turn to ice yeah and well, yeah you mentioned you mentioned in uh uh yeah the first kind of december one about how uh of of a visit from saint nick is essentially like an alien it's an alien encounter it's an, story it's an abduction scenario yeah yeah yeah. and i since you said that i went back and read it and yeah i 
I can't read it the same way again because you're exactly right. It's like dude's just at home um, doing his thing and then has an alien who looks like Saint Nick or, or maybe that's just how the alien looked like and the only way the dude can kind of rationalize it so he keeps his sanity is like, no, that was just Santa Claus. Yeah. And uh, eight tiny reindeer, which are actually these like kind of cybernetic um exotic like aliens that help that help the main guy carry out his experiments and his investigation of what a what a normal average like human human household is like and it just so it it just so happened yeah oh yeah yeah let's do it sorry not to cut you off but okay so right there um you're saying that um uh, Clement Clark Moore is uh, interpreting this as St. Nicholas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you read Whitley Strieber's Communion, he talks about... So he got abducted several times. He might be the most, like... Re- I think, to me, like, the most reliable source of, like, abduction scenario stuff. And he mm-hmm. talks about when he first saw the aliens, they appeared as large hawk-headed men or like owl-headed men, or just as large owls. Mm. And so I think that that is the human brain trying to understand something that it cannot understand. Yeah, like, um, there's like the weird story of like the the natives who first saw Columbus's ships, and they could not understand what this thing was in the water. They'd never seen anything right. like this before. So it mm-hmm. totally blew their perception of reality. And so, yeah, um, and I, I know you're kind of kidding with it, but, like, no, that's a very big part of it is, like, right. with abduction and encounter scenarios, people describe stuff, and they describe it as undescribable, but then they, like, go back to big points with, like, owls is a big one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it, it, it's the eyes. It's, like, oh yeah, it's dude. kind of a weird, um, what do you call that? Um, art or not archetype, but um, it's 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 an image. It's uh, yeah. It's something yeah. you can pull on and go. Oh, I saw I saw this thing and it had an owl's face. But yeah, it's something so beyond our ken and scope that we just can't do it. So yeah, I know absolutely. Like Clement Clark Moore saw Saint Nick and he's just telling himself this through poem that everything's cool. But yeah, and and uh, in, instead of like this, you know, kind of. Uh, sinister, intrusive kind of event. It's no, it's just Saint. It's just Santa Claus, and he's giving us presents. And then when he finally leaves, he says, "Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night." It's Jesus. He can't hurt you. <laughs> Which is so weird too, because she says this right, mm-hmm. but it was Cash that had the lion's share of the problems. You know, right. her stuff yeah. was worse. But Betty was like, no, baby, it's Jesus. And she kind of, like, stayed closer to the car, whereas Cash was like, she was up on it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I just, yeah. it's a thing. I don't know. I, It's weird. It's real weird. Ooh, anyway. Man. I was about to I, kick a whole other, yeah. that oh, I was like, like hearing that, I was winding up to kick a whole other hornet's nest. But I, I think we should probably maybe. Join us maybe, in part two. Yeah, join us in part two. Where, where Josh talks about how weird it is that uh, in all these cultures and stories, the people who see the gods get burnt to a crisp. And oh, Josh, let's do part two of... now. Let's do part <laughs> two right fucking now. 
You hoard me up for that. We can fucking read H.P. Lovecraft's The Other Gods. Like, let's do it. I'm in. Yeah. Let's go. All right, come on. All right. All right. Uh, fine is here. Blah, blah, blah. Cut to the end. And I don't care. Scrap it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got too horny. I got really horny. No, no, no. That's It's all good. It's all good. Because I also, I was like, oh, man. I, re I really want to fucking kick this beehive. But we're also at just about an hour 30. So <laughs> we, should, we could kick this beehive. Well, find, in, find this kicked beehive in uh, part t or in in Aliens Part One, Part Two. Two wizards <laughs> versus aliens. Part One, subtitle Part B, Part A, Part AA, um, parentheses <laughs> XXX parentheses. We're gonna get into this. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Gonna do it. No, but in the meantime, in the meantime, you can find us at Two Wizards Podcast at Gmail .com. Two Wizards Pod C1 on Twitter, Two Wizards Podcast on Instagram. Follow us. We post some fun stuff every now and then. There's polls. Yeah. There's fun stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Marky Stardust and on Instagram at uh, Great Greek Buffalo. And Josh, I believe you have some stuff to plug as well, sir. Uh, yes, I am also on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still even kind of thinking about. Picking up one or two more things, one or two more social media things here or there, or you know what, maybe, maybe simple is best, and I'll just, I'll just Convince stick to the one thing for right Josh now. to get on all the Tell social me, needs. If you, dear sweet, gentle listener, uh, at me on Twitter and say, Josh, get 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 this other stuff, get all these other things, be be cool for once in your life. Um, <laughs> Then I will. Then I will. Because oh, I bow to peer pressure. I think you're cool. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Mark. I think you're cool. Aw, get out of here with that. <laughs> no, all, all right. right. But we're getting too mushy. Let's wrap this getting thing up. Getting too mushy. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, you know, I guess until next time, guys, and I'm going to stay horned up for both Christmas mayhem because it's a feeling you keep inside of yourself and you hold it all through the year. And also, I will stay horned up for Alien Mayhem. And I love you all, and thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. Good night. He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed them all! Ah! Ah!